With so many ICOs hitting the crypto markets, how can you tell which are the winners and which are the losers? In this episode, we'll discuss some of the things to look for as you do your own research. We'll also share how to stock up on free crypto via airdrops, and you'll discover a bank that's gotten wise by allowing their customers to invest in cryptocurrency. It's all the deliciousness of a plate of bacon without the greasy mess. Welcome to episode number 94 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? This is the Bad Crypto Podcast, and welcome. We're, we're a friendly crew here, and the Republic of Bad Cryptopia is a friendly place like the Hard Rock Cafe we love all and serve all. And I'm Joel Com, and your other server is Mr. Travis Wright. Yeah, and I'm not nearly as friendly as Joel Com, so step back. <laughs> step off, bucko. Just step off. Well, kahuna matata to you, my friend. And uh, it's good to be back from social media marketing world in San Diego. Uh, actually, I doubled down on conferences there. I spoke at the Traffic and Conversion Conference at the Marriott Marquis. Um, talked all about live video for a room that had to be fire marshaled. That's like a humble brag saying they had to close it off because the room was packed. And then off to social media marketing world. At the San Diego Convention Center, where for two days um, I co-hosted a live stage with Sonny Leonarduzzi. We did 12 hours of live streaming with a parade, a virtual parade, if you will, of social media superstars and experts and musicians. And it was great fun. Did you have an, another co-host? Did you cheat on me, Mr. Jolcom? I did. Sunny is, is a much more attractive co-host, but she talks social, not cryptos. That's true. That is true. Yeah, I got a chance to see you up there working your magic, Mr. Jolcom. That was nice. The stage actually looked like uh, Ellen DeGeneres might come out and dance a little bit. You you were a good Ellen stand-in. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I represented on day two, I wore my Bad Crypto Podcast shirt. So I red-pilled uh, anybody that was watching the stream on the Social Media Examiner page. And we probably had um, at least 70,000 views of that. And they're going to be you know, breaking down each one of those interviews and segments and putting them out there over you know the next few months, I'm sure. So Nice job with yeah. the brand placement, Mr. Joel Com. Yeah. Well, it is the show that Google's stuff, so you don't have to. I mean, why use that Google? We're, we're here. We can search for things. We can find it. You just sit there in your easy chair and eat bonbons and listen to every episode, and we'll do it for you. But, you know, I, I, I'm actually binging more because um, I'm not happy with Google right now, and neither are you. Yeah, not really happy with Google right now. Apparently, there's a, if you have been on YouTube lately and uh, looked for the Bad Crypto Podcast, you will see that we are not there. We have, have disappearified. Um, uh, a few days ago, I got three emails in the uh, course of one minute. They were all timestamped with the same minute. And the first email said that a video that we had was violating the terms of service of YouTube. And they pointed to our get. $10 in free Bitcoin video, which, you know, if you look on YouTube, there's tons of them. It's the Coinbase thing. You know, here's how to get $10 free when you mm -hmm. go to 
That was actually a tutorial that somebody had asked for asked us to do. They said, "Hey, yeah. can you show us how that works?" And so we made like a quick, I don't know, five minute video to show. This was like back in August, right? So we made that video maybe September to show people how to go through the process to get the ten dollars from that. So it wasn't even an official episode; it was just a random episode, and we had no strikes on us, Mister Jolcom. None. But then that email was followed up by another email that says, ah, you violated so many things. We're, we're going to shut your account. And that email was followed by another that said, we're shutting your Google account. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, what? Uh, so I, I was able to log back into the Google account and that's fine, but the YouTube account is gone. Now, not very many of you listen there. Uh, you know, I think maybe we had 60, 70,000 listens since the show started, which is just a, you know, a really small part of our total listens. But they, um, they definitely closed the account. And sorry to those of you who listen on YouTube, but you can obviously listen to us other places because you're hearing us right now. You know, you can stream us at badcryptopodcast.com or you can hear us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, uh, Google Play, at least for now. And, uh, we are, I have a friend who knows somebody at YouTube. He works closely. Well, I don't know about closely, but he works with them and he's trying to figure out, uh, what's happening here because there's all of these scammy YouTubers. I was watching some of them today. Um, you know, there's a few good guys out there, but there are some really scammy YouTubers and dumping and it's just, it's just unbelievable. And so we make a point to not pump and dump. We make a point to, you know, make people think and do your own research and all that stuff. You guys have been part of this. You know what it's all about. And for them to ban us. And then we actually even, um, you know, submitted a, a request to to reactivate the account to an sort of, appeal to appeal it. Yeah. And they said, no, we looked at it. Sorry. And uh, you can't email us about this. It's like, wow, yeah, they didn't yeah. tell us exactly what happened. They've just and then if you go on Twitter and type in the hashtag YouTube purge, there has been a whole bunch of uh, conspiracy theory sites and uh, crypto um, programs that are being taken down. So not long the live crypto shows. If you're, if you're Trayvon, whatever his name is, and you'll be connect, you know, then you can you can, you know, post all you want. Yeah. And uh, so it's interesting. So uh, censorship in full effect, we really do need to have some decentralized uh, solutions, folks, because this is what happens in a society that doesn't uh, really appreciate free speech or doesn't ap appreciate you thinking incorrectly, I guess, right? Maybe we're wrong thinkers and they don't like the crypto stuff. And so uh, I don't know. It's really weird how that all happened and not cool, Google, not cool. Don't be evil, right? Don't be evil. Well, we appreciate you as our listeners and thanks for going to listen wherever you can find us. And we're going to work on that Google thing. And we're also going to tell you about our show sponsor for this month. The crypto space is packed with companies that are expanding. And because of that, they've all kind, they've got all kinds of uh, customer support requests. Our sponsor staff virtual knows that when a company grows fast, the hardest thing to do is keep up with that customer support. And so if you're in the crypto space, you might want to outsource that support. Staff Virtual's got years of expertise in that arena, and they're applying it to the crypto space. So check it out if you're doing an ICO or any other type of crypto-related company that needs customer support. Go to staffvirtual.com, and you can checkify that out. Oh, oh, hey, Mr. Joe Khan, before we go on to questions and comments, you know, we have all those those bad crypto stickers, right? Oh, dude, you inspired me 
because you are taking stickers or somebody is, and you're sticking them somewhere uh, that they shouldn't be <laughs> and, and taking a picture and posting them. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if uh, citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia were to get their hands on Bad Crypto Podcast stickers? And uh, not that we would encourage anybody to ever do anything illegal or to deface, you know, uh, public property. But, you know, we have no control where people put these stickers. And what if they put them uh, wherever they wanted to by their own volition, took pictures and tagged Bad Crypto? With the hashtag bad crypto. Wouldn't that be fun to see those pictures start to pop up on Twitter and Instagram in those places? That would be would be kind of fun. I've had a good time. And you know, I normally only put them where there's already stickers around, right? Or there's different polls or different places that people have already kind of put stuff. I don't put them if there's nothing else there. I've not put any anywhere. But I've had fun with it and I've taken a lot of pretty cool photos of those as well. So we're gonna give you guys the opportunity to stickify uh, the world out there. We're going to give them away for free. Uh, yep, that's all. But, you know, we are going to make an ask of you. You have to send a self-addressed stamped envelope, okay? We're not going to charge you for the stickers. But if you send a self-addressed stamped envelope to the address we're going to give you, which we will also have in the show notes at badcryptopodcast.com or badco.in forward slash 094, you can see the address there. Uh, it, for those of you that, you know, don't know, you, you self-address an envelope to yourself put a stamp on it, and then put that in an envelope. That way we can send them back to you. And uh, here's the address you're going to send them to. Bad Crypto Podcast, care of CCP Digital. And then the address is 10740 Nall Avenue, N-A-L-L Avenue, number 115, Leewood, L-E-A-W-O-O-D, Kansas, KS, for those that like to abbreviate states. And the zip code is 66211. And I'm not going to repeat it because that's a mouthful. Um, either hit the, you know, rewind 30 seconds button on your, uh, wherever you're listening to the show or go to the website and just copy and paste it. So basically send us your self-addressed stamped envelope and we will send you back five original bona fide certified Bad Crypto podcast stickers for you to stick. And we recommend that you put one on, you know, something of your own. Stick it on your laptop. So, you know, when you've got your laptop open, you're representing or on your phone or your iPad or your forehead. Uh, but then with the other ones, uh, share the love. Take a picture of wherever you stick them and then uh, tag us with at Bad Crypto is our Twitter account, right, Mr. Travis Wright? Yeah, or Instagram and, us. We're Bad Crypto Podcast on Instagram as well. Or Instagram or Facebook uh, and and use the hashtag Bad Crypto. Or should should we hashtag stay bad? Hashtag stay bad. And not, you know what? Tell you what, I'm going to make an executive decision. We'll give you six stickers because we're getting a brand new sticker. So we have one that says the Bad Crypto Podcast. So we'll give you five of those that say Bad Crypto Podcast. And we'll give you one of the ultra rare bad coin stickers <laughs> they're so rare we haven't even seen them yet they're so, so rare we ordered less of them so we're telling you citizens of the republic of bad cryptopia to stick it let's go to questions bad crypto inbox you got mail and john writes us via the contact form hi joel and travis listener and follower y'all stay bad 
I've been following and engaging in the crypto space ever since I was introduced by a friend a couple of months ago. Friends tell friends about bad crypto. Now, as someone who has no experience in business or coding, I was wondering if you guys had ideas or resources to become more involved in the space for turning a crypto serious speculator into a crypto serious activist. You know, I know it's it, this is an interesting question. So becoming an activist or becoming a coder, you have no experience in coding. Uh, and you want to be more into it. You know, I think really part of it is you just become immersed. You start paying attention to people who are in the space that are interesting to you, that uh, you want to learn from, and maybe you want to emulate. So, you know, one great resource is on Jameson Lop's webpage. I believe it's lop.net. Uh, he has a bunch of resources for uh, people who are trying to learn more about the crypto stuff. And so maybe take a look at that. I believe it is. It's lop.net. Yeah. I wish his name was Greg so he could be Glop. Mm. Or like, you know, Frank, then it could be flop. <laughs> but there's if you go to lop.net slash bitcoin.html, there are some amazing resources on there that can lead you down your own rabbit hole to uh, discover, you know, what you want to uh, what you want to dive into. Because there's so many different areas, you know, it's kind of hard to say some people want to do dive into mining. Some people want to uh, understand the, the network, the lightning network. Some people want to dive into the developer tools and they want to understand security or they maybe they want to do a crypto charity or they want to run a master node or something on some different crypto. So there's so many different things that you could do. Maybe you want to be an advanced trader. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff you can do. And there's a ton of ton of great, great resources on that as well. And bad crypto is included. I just looked. Bad crypto is on there and we're red. Oh, how about that? Cool. Yeah. Well, maybe you want to become a YouTube crypto scammer, you know, so um, yeah, don't do that. There's plenty of those out there. Bad crypto voicemail. You have one new message. Joel and Travis, this is Catherine in Bangkok, Crypto Granny. I just listened to your latest episode about the crypto community. Great episode. I have a question for you, too. What is your definition of success for the Bad Crypto podcast, for your community? Where do you want to be in five years? Do you want to be getting a lot of money as speakers at conferences? Do you want to be on CNBC and Bloomberg and be the go-to guys? What do you see as your legacy of the your crypto community, of leaving it for your kids and your grandkids and all of us? Thank you very much. I love you guys. been listening to you since the beginning. Thanks. Stay bad. Crypto Granny, it's always so good to hear from you. Thanks for calling all the way from Bangkok. Of course, episode number 100 is coming up shortly, and we're going to be playing many calls from you, our audience. So the phone number is 708-885-9030. And even if you just call us to stay bad, that would be super duper awesome. But, you know, I think, Travis, we didn't expect the success of the show that we've gotten and we're just kind of letting it unfold before us, right? I don't know if there's a master plan for definitely not for five years. Like, I'm just thinking, what shows do we need to record this week? That's a really interesting point because we just started this because we were talking about it and having fun, really. And whenever we set it up, my business partner was not happy that I was going to be spending all this time talking about crypto. And now my business partner at CCP Digital, he's now the COO of Bad Crypto, helping us manage this and turn this into some uh, some sensible type of business where we're not overloaded with emails and requests and we're actually able to be effective. And so, you know, the main thing is, is 
we're just trying to get processes into place to become more efficient and more effective and be able to spend our time doing research uh, and asking our audience what you guys want to hear us talk about. We just had a great post on the mastermind group, you know, asking if you were a pod, if you were the bad crypto podcast producer for a day, what would you like us to talk about? And there were so many great uh, you know, suggestions in there. So we got some pretty great show ideas that we're going to need to do some research on and whatnot. So we just want to share great information. We want to have fun along in the process and, you know, do good stuff, as Joel likes to say. And you know what? There's a lot of different opportunities and forks in the road that will happen. And uh, we take them all with grace and gratitude because, you know what? It's all fun and it's an interesting space to be in. And we're we're glad that uh, what we do is uh, is accepted and appreciated by the crowd. So thanks. There's a bad crypto fork. Mm-hmm. It is. There's lots of forks going on in the space here, bro. Well, and really, you know, we are um, we are getting paid to do our show live on stage. In fact, we're going to be doing it twice at South by Southwest. We're going to be live and we've got the meetup, which, by the way, I heard from the meetup organizer, which if you're going to be at South by badco.in forward slash meetup, they've got over twelve hundred registrations for the bad crypto meetup. Travis. See, well, they want to meet up with us. What? That's crazy. I know it is crazy. And uh, we are, you know, we're both paid professional speakers and, and we've been uh, signed on for an event. We'll be telling you that's going to happen in uh, late October where we're going to be emceeing the event. And uh, we're also in touch with a publicist who says that he's going to be placing us on um, network news soon as commentators, you know, guest commentators. So that's as far as we can see. We're just rolling with the punches here. You know what? I, but I promise you guys we will stay bad because none of, that, none of that stuff really matters. What matters is, is we're helping the masses understand crypto and there's going to be different channels that we use to help people understand this space. We're going to keep bringing you amazing thought leaders. We're going to keep bringing you really interesting projects and just helping us all learn and grow in this space because it's a really new space still and a lot of people don't even understand it so we're just trying to help out let's get to the news now, Mr. Joe let's start with this we're gonna bring let's bring them the news you know what's a fun word to say let me guess um Liechtenstein. that is that's exactly oh the word i was thinking Man, Liechtenstein. we are so connected we are so in tune in the the news uh the Liechtenstein bank is actually on the front lines the cutting edge of crypto they have opened up cryptocurrency investment for clients. Imagine that, a bank saying that we're going to allow you to trade Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Ripple, and Ethereum. Yeah, and so basically they are allowing their clients to invest in cryptos that once that they have fully identified and verified, right? And so right now it seems it's pretty easy. They basically said, okay, anyone that's on Coinbase and, and Ripple will add them. That's, you know, top five cryptos. And uh, you know what? There's a lot more other awesome cryptos out there, but it's a great start for the folks there in Liechtenstein. So we want to give a big shout out to all 17 Liechtenstein listeners. (laughs) At what point will um, banks recognize card carrying citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia? Right. Oh, here's I'm a card carrying member. Right. And they're like, oh, well, you're bad. So come on in. We'd like to bank with you. We need to have the bad, the Republic of Bad Cryptopia Bank to allow people to, um, you know, do cryptocurrency investments. I guess get some financial advisors up in there. Perhaps <laughs> now this this story is mind boggling. This one's on Tech Republic. Take a guess, Mister Travis Wright, without looking at the number, how much money cryptocurrency miners spent on GPUs 
last year. Well, I had already looked at the number, and it's a it's a pretty high number. And and actually, if you look at some of the companies that are providing these these GPU these GPU um, you know gaming processors, uh, you know their stocks have increased tremendously, like AMD and Intel and Nvidia and some of these other ones. Uh, they, they, some of them grow pretty big. Some of them did not grow as much, but uh, pretty interesting to take a look at that. So what is that number, Mr. Jocom? That number is massive. And I want you guys like right now, just, you know, in your imagination, uh, let's have a little contest here. Think uh, and imagine how much was spent on cryptocurrency mining. Okay, you got that number? Uh, whoever's closest to it, you get to pat yourself on the back. They sold about 3 million GPUs for a total spend of, get this, three quarters of a billion dollars, 776 million. And that has impacted shortages, like people that use GPUs for other things, PC gaming, graphic designers, and as the article says, even researchers looking for alien life. And it's caused secondhand prices to go through the roof. So uh, cryptocurrency, there's more to crypto than uh, just the buying and selling. Of I would say blocks. AR and VR as well, like your virtual reality on your gaming systems. You need to have a really awesome uh, GPU for that. And uh, yeah, so there's all kinds of industries that are vying for this. They are not available, guys, because all of us crypto nerds are out there getting mining equipment. But some people don't need to mine them. Did you know? And we've talked about this previously, that one way that you can get cryptocurrency is via airdrops, which is basically free tokens that are sent to your account with sometimes without you even asking for them. And there's an article here on CryptoClarified.com that says money can't appear out of nowhere, but cryptocurrency can. And uh, you guys can read about this, um, how to get tokens sent to uh, your wallet. Yep. And that's one thing that's really interesting about that is that you're right. They do sometimes just randomly show up. I'm like, what the heck are these tokens? So what I do is if you have your, you know, your MyEther wallet or your uh, MetaMask, uh, you know, open up your Ether scan and that'll tell you all your different stuff that's coming in. So if you have some Ethereum that's stored on one of those wallets, and if you look in your tokens received tab there, I actually have my Ether scan for a couple of different addresses bookmarked so I can just click on them to see. And you'll see randomly there's different coins that sort of pop in there from time to time. And once they're in there, they don't, they don't leave there. You have them now, but I've not, I've, have you received any that were actually worth anything? Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because I remember when I received 500 Tron. And so for a short time, those were worth, what, 10 cents or so? Mm, those um, got up almost 20 cents so, at one point, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. If I had sold them, you know, at the prime, that would have been worth $10. I just, two days ago, I got an airdrop from Meds, M-E-D-S. I got 3.66 uh, tokens. I have no idea what it is. But, you know, it's it's always fun when you see them, but you can more proactively find airdrops and ask to be airdropped. So this article goes over a lot, shows you, you know, things to do so that you don't get scammed um, and, you know, what you need to get them. So that that's fun. Check that out. The airdrops and then also those uh, ICO bounties. That's another way to get some free crypto. But this show is not about free crypto. This show is bad. 
The show is bad. Also in the news here, this is interesting. So the hacker who um, hacked into what was the he did the it was the ICO it was the Coin Dash. It was like right when we started our show. This is one of the first pieces of news we were talking about. This company Coin Dash that was running an ICO, and somebody had hacked into their site and they had replaced their legitimate Ethereum address with their own address, and then you know it, it tricked a bunch of people to send about. I don't know, $7.4 million at the time, about $37 million today, 43,000 Ethereums uh, to this particular address. And this hacker returned 17 million of that uh, stolen Ethereum. So, wow, what a what an altruistic yeah, thief. They don't, they don't know why. And apparently there's still 13,000 of the stolen 43,000, which are worth 11 million um, that are still out there. And so I don't know, maybe he's keeping the profits because Ethereum's gone up a bunch, you know, mm-hmm. since this happened. But uh, it is kind of nice to, you know, have at least some reasonably happy news there. That's someone, uh, someone speaking, nice. Mm-hmm. Speaking of happy news, you found a Twitter account which um, has interesting news on it. And you want to share that really quickly? Yeah, there's a, this is actually somebody on the webs on the mastermind group had mentioned this. Uh, it's called Block Fragments. B-L-O-C-K fragments.com. And so you can actually go there, add your email to the list. And they also have a uh, the Twitter account, which is uh, twitter.com slash uh, forward slash uh, block fragments. And what happens is, is they do five handpicked links on blockchain technology every day, send it to your inbox. And because typically if it gets to Coindesk or Cointelegraph, by that time, it's pretty much already... You know, everybody's already heard about it in the most part. So it's gotten popularized. This is stuff that uh, that hits before. Good stuff. Go check it out. That's something that you like. Want to be uh, here about that, Mr. Joelcom. There's so much news, Mr. Travis, right? But we need to get to our feature. So let's bounce. I see uh-ohs. They're a thing. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, some of them are uh-oh, like you don't know-oh until they go-oh, and you see if they're actually able to fulfill, first of all, on doing their raise successfully, or uh, ICOing successfully, and then whether or not they execute on the plan. Yeah, so, you know, we've had a lot of conversations with ICOs on the show. This is not an ICO spotlight. This is us you know, talking about what makes a successful ICO. There's a, a lot of conversations out there about what makes a successful ICO. Uh, we're going to share some of the things that we look at and uh, when we're trying to figure out which one's which. And if you did listen to our Ian Bellina episode, badco.in forward slash 089, you know, he's been a big proponent of the ICOs for a long time. And he actually made some pretty substantial wealth in the past year by picking the right ones. Now, not every ICO is going to be a winner. And uh, in fact, you're kind of curious about which ones are going to be a winner because nobody really knows. Uh, you know, I, I want to toss a little comment in here because there's some people that are like, eh, we don't like the ICO spotlights. All right. Well, that's why we have them labeled separately and are super clear. You know, you see Bad Crypto Podcast episode number, blah, blah, blah. And then there's ICO spotlight number, blah, blah, blah. And typically what we do on average is three regular episodes a week and then one ICO spotlight. Sometimes there's an extra episode and occasionally an ICO slips into a regular show. But for the most part, that's how we roll. 
And uh, some people don't like, you know, listening to the ICO spotlights. They don't like the fact that they're sponsored or they just they're not interested in, you know, what others are doing in the blockchain space. And that's fine. Uh, just skip by those if you're not interested in them. Personally, Travis and I find them fascinating because, again, we're not all about trading or the price of Bitcoin. We're about the technology. And the ICO spotlights are the opportunity to put the spotlight on those that intend to do some pretty cool disruptive stuff using this technology. No, I'm a marketing technologist, Joel. You're a marketing and a futurist. You like the future of technology. You like to see how things evolve. I do as well, right? And we did have Jeremy Epstein on not long ago when we were talking about the blockchain marketing technology landscape. And he's recently updated that. And you can see there's all kinds of companies that are fulfilling all kinds of different roles. Uh, He just had Q1 landscape pop up. And there's a whole bunch of new areas that are being filled up by a lot of really cool companies. And and so, yeah, we like to interview them. We like to talk about them. We like to understand what problem they're solving, why they chose blockchain. And again, that's a bonus. If we do those ICO episodes, those ICO spotlights, that's a bonus episode. And if we actually, at this point, if we weren't doing an ICO spotlight, we probably only do one episode a week or so, but we try to churn out content for you guys. So four episodes a week is what you get, sometimes more. But yeah. rarely less. Yeah. So when we do these ICO spotlights, there's four things that we usually cover for each ICO. The four T's, which are the tech, the timeline, the team, and the tokenomics. So what we thought we would do here is expand a little bit on some of the things that we and others look for when evaluating an ICO and then providing you with a list of resources. And you can actually go to the uh, show notes for this at badcryptopodcast.com, badco.in forward slash 094, and you'll have links to all those resources. So there's a a pretty extensive list here. So let's go ahead and just jump into these. And uh, Travis, why don't you kick us off with the first one. There's a couple of things you want to consider. For one, you know, I don't know which one's first, which one's not first, but it's really important to know if, if, if a company that you're working with is, is uh, if they actually have a prototype. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that's not the first one that's on the list, but that's so important because Ian Bellini even said this. He said, look, of all the research I've done of the top performing ICOs, they were ones that had a prototype ready right out of the gates they maybe it's it's not it's a minimal viable product it's not you know maybe it's not even beta yet but they're still they have something and it's working and they can expand on it from there and that's really important to know if they have that prototype and and through the magic of cut and paste it now is first in the show notes i mean it's just amazing how that happens so so there it is Uh, the next thing you want to do is see if they have a published white paper And, you know, we've heard from uh, Ronnie Moas and others say, look, just having a white paper isn't enough. And he's right, because you can spend money on a beautiful white paper, have it professionally written and laid out and designed. That doesn't mean on its own that it's, uh, you know, it's a solid ICO. It just means they have a pretty white paper. You, You know, we've seen white papers that aren't nearly as pretty that have more compelling projects. But in this case, you want to see, do they at least have a white paper? And and can you understand? Stand it because a white paper should make sense to the average person, you know, like us, you know, we, we try to speak as, as we think about this stuff. We're not pointy heads and we don't want to talk over anybody's head because, well, A, we can't do it. Um, and B, we wouldn't want to. So, you know, do they have a white paper and is it just a bunch of fluffy language or is it something that makes sense? Yep. And then next, I would be curious about, you know, we talk about those four T's, but, you know, the timeline, because I think the roadmap really is an important aspect of any of these technology things. Do they have a detailed 
you know, development roadmap? Does it have a breakdown of all the appropriate financials along the way? Because this is a real business. Are they running the business, you know, uh, as a business? Are they, have they, do they have experience already of running business? You know, some of those things are interesting to think about, but I, I like to know about a roadmap and have they already checked off a few uh, things on their roadmap, or is it just kind of pie in the sky wishing this at this point? Mm-hmm. And what about their team? Is it strong? Do, do the people on their team have a history of work in this particular industry? In other words, do they know what they're doing? Uh, you know, are they their advisors that they have on the team? Are they strong? Do they have a background, you know, in this particular niche or market? And so team matters. Team definitely matters. And then, you know, a lot of the things we still, if we're going to, you know, go back and talk about tech, that's one thing I did not mention is, you know, what blockchain is it using? Is it building its own blockchain? Uh, is it uh, is it an open public blockchain that they're using? Is their code published? Can you go look at their GitHub repository and go and check and see how active uh, they are? Because, you know, that's, it, you know, that's one of those things too, is like, knowing of, of, of which blockchain it is and, and then knowing if the code is published and then being able to go to that GitHub repository and, and read through it. You may not even be an expert in the code, but just go and look, do they have code? When was the last time that they uh, had had a recent commit? When do they, do they have any activity on their repository at all? And so those are things that let you know that if it's actually gaining some momentum potentially. I think most importantly, out of all the questions that we're going to ask, why are they doing this, right? Because there's a lot of ICOs that don't need to be tokenized and they're nothing more than cash grabs because token sales are so hot right now. And it's an apparently easy way to, you know, to raise some money, even if it's just a million dollars. Companies can raise money with an ICO much faster and easier than they can with traditional, you know, capital raising. So ask yourself, what is their why? What is, what is the problem that they're trying to solve that the token sale is the reason for doing this? And if their why is, well, we just want to raise money, then that could be a red flag. Yeah, sometimes that is their why. Well, we're looking to make some cash money because we broke. I, I would also say this. I would combine a couple of here because there are different categories in which you know, these types of companies are are in, right? Uh, some of them are going to be a platform type of a business where they literally are, you know, in the process of, of building out a platform that um, other companies are going to be in, they're going to build on like in Ethereum, right? They allow smart contracts to be built on their platform. I think that's pretty handy. But there's other sectors as well out there. There's finance sectors, there's currencies, there's Internet of Things, AI, you know, security tokens, trading tokens, maybe it's a social media token, or it's an information token, right? Maybe it's, it, it pertains to data. And there's all different types of, you know, we have platforms, we have decentralized apps, and currencies and protocols and whatnot. So there's a lot of kind of things to consider between the type and the sector. And there's also categories in which those those companies can go in as well. So there's not one size fits all. Now, I know that goes back to the conversation that folks have had about the ICO spotlights. It's like, look, there are at least 50 sectors that are being disrupted by these blockchains. And then when you start figuring about each individual category of tools, there are so many tools and so many companies that are going to be disrupted in industries and sectors that are being disrupted by blockchain. That's why we talk to several different ones in various different types, because they are interesting to us, right? And so mentioning that, now, 
do you have the first mover advantage in that category? If there's already three or four blockchain businesses in that particular category and you're trying to come in, man, you better have a unique proposition on that because if not, you know, the first mover typically gets a, a pretty good heads up and they get a nice little, uh, a nice, get a nice little leap forward if they're the first mover. If you're trying to catch up to them, uh, in some cases, that, that's never going to happen. So at least be original. Yeah. I mean, Google wasn't a first mover in, you know, in search engines. In fact, they were kind of a last mover and, and they've dominated. So having a first mover advantage certainly can be helpful. Um, and, and you want to check out the website. Does it exist? Is, does it have complete information on it or is it just kind Kind of, you know, a little rinky dink like the kids, you know, the neighbor next door put it up. I like the ICO websites that have lots of tabs because lots of tabs means lots of information. I want to see the technology. I want to see the team. I want to see the white paper. I want to see information about the token. You know, I want to see the community tabs. I want to see case studies. I'd love to see a prototype if that's active. And so very much like white paper, just having a comprehensive website doesn't mean it's legitimate, but it sure lends to that legitimacy. It, it sure does. And, you know, also you want to take a look in their community, right? Now, that's one thing that, uh, you know, it's not part of the four T's, but it really should be because community is really, really important. Like how maybe it's the the fifth T is Telegram or Twitter. Like how right. how big are those for you guys? Because social media is important and, and how your team is connecting with the community is important. And if somebody sends me over their Telegram uh, channel and it has like 14 people in it, I mean, how are they going to have enough, you know, movement in their, you know, ICO to even complete their ICO? And if it got on exchanges, they don't really have an audience to to be market movers. And so, you know, understanding what their community is like can be pretty helpful. And keep in mind, it's not just Telegram. It's their Twitter. It's their Reddit page. It's their Bitcoin talk thread. It's maybe they have a Discord. What's, what's the action like over on their website, on their blog? You know, well, you know Telegram does seem to be the uh, the main communication source of choice for ICOs. And, and Travis, as I'm looking through my Telegram, I've joined just about every uh, token that we have featured on um, on bad crypto mm -hmm. and for example just looking through here to give you an idea now if if they're new and they haven't ico'd yet i'm fine with them being you know under a thousand uh, members at that point but you can is it progresses and gets into the ico and post ico you could really see how much excitement there is based on the number of people like i'm looking i'm just going to list a few of them ship chain which you and i are advisors on and recently featured on the show over thirty six thousand members horizon state which was on the show and had a successful ico uh almost forty six hundred members uh, the electronium, electronium's got forty six thousand yeah over here yeah yeah here's the fcfl that was recently on the show and and have not yet finished their ico twenty four thousand for that one uh, expertise that was on the show over 17,000 Telcoin almost 20,000 so you know these are things that I look for and you you can't use telegram as an you know a single predictor of how well uh, a token is going to do but it doesn't hurt to see a lot of activity that is absolutely true I was looking at dragon chain has about 12,000 and there's polymath has 51,000 it's kind of interesting verge has about 27,000 and uh, pretty, pretty peculiar to take a look at these and see how big their communities are growing. And because that can kind of give you a, a an idea of 
how active their community is. And you can look at it and see, it. are people talking about it? Are people excited about it? What questions are they asking? You want to do research into that. I think it's, that's very important stuff. And, and speak, speaking of Telegram, uh, if you guys aren't in the bad crypto one, why not? 3,378 members as of now. And we're not an ICO. Badco.in forward slash Telegram. Come and join our conversation. Come and join the conversation for sure. Now, another thing is, is, is that we want to talk a little bit about the tokenomics, right? I want to know what is what does your token do? Why is it needed in the first place? And when we start talking about that, about the tokenomics and what's going on with that, it's like, you know, how many are you going to have total? What's the supply and uh, the total market cap of some of these coins? What does it look like? It might be like if they're if they're trying to raise, you know, fifty million dollars. How many coins are they trying to raise? How many are they selling with if they're trying to raise fifty million dollars? Because that's going to give you an idea of how you're going to know how much per token, and then you're going to be able to do the math and then see, okay, well they have this many outstanding tokens times this price, then this is what the market cap's going to be. And sometimes they're like, yeah, we want to sell, you know, five dollars a token, and we want to sell five hundred million of them and you're like really come on what are you are you serious you're gonna like that just the numbers don't work like maybe if you're maybe if you're telegram and you're trying to do your ico like they've raised a billion dollars or whatever for their ico but that's not the norm a lot of these companies are raising 20 to 50 maybe 100 million dollars max and that's their their market cap until they get on some exchanges Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you also want to, you know, take a look at how are the tokens allocated? How much are they giving to their team? How much is being distributed during the ICO? How much is for marketing? Some ICOs are very team heavy. It's like, okay, why are you guys hoarding so much of this? Right. And some of them are the team has a, you know, a reasonable amount, whatever reasonable it might be. And they're distributing a lot more of them. Uh, also, you can ask how much has the company raised in private sales? pre-ICO. You know, in the United States, you have to be a qualified investor in order to contribute pre-ICO. And often that's at least $25,000. And just using uh, ShipChain again, because it's the first one that comes to mind, they were going to do an ICO publicly, but they raised $30 million privately before that happened. And so they didn't have a public ICO. Yep. And, uh, and so again, you know, looking back into that, if they're doing an ICO, how much are they trying to raise? How much are those tokens a pop? Because typically it seems like it seems like the best gains uh, historically have been from those ICOs that were priced under 10 cents during the ICO. And if you can get in and, and buy and they're under 10 cents and they're maybe seven cents or five cents. And then, I mean, I, I think the Electronium, the Electronium was a penny. Was a penny. And so I, I put like seven or 10 ether into that to get them at a penny a pop. And then I think I sold them when they were around 11 cents a piece. It's all nice like, gains, Mr. Travis, right? Sweet gains. So, you know, the trick is, is that you're not going to win all of them. A lot of these ICOs are not going to be successful. The trick is, is to find ones that meet your criteria. And we're not here to tell you this is the right way, the wrong way or whatever to view, at, view an ICO. These are some helpful tips. We actually have some really, really strong links, some ICO resources, some uh, some tools and, and some websites to do research on ICOs, and also a few pieces of content around, is the ICO a scam? What are some mistakes people made during ICOs? What are some steps you know, to determine if an ICO startup is credible or not? What are some, some signs of an ICO scam? Again, we're just trying to you know, arm you guys with information to help you make better, clearer decisions in this crypto space. 
And you can find all those links on the website at badcryptopodcast.com or for the shortcut, go to badco.in forward slash 094, which just happens to be the episode number. And of course, we want to encourage you to do your own research. Don't, you know, we don't recommend that you just go on to a Telegram or a message board or Reddit and, and, you know, just because somebody says this is going to the moon that you, you go buy it. Put some time in to do some research. Don't believe the hype and definitely don't go to YouTube for recommendations. I am not a, uh, a YouTube advisor, Mr. Travis, right? I am not a fan of YouTube at all right now, actually, Mr. Uh, Joe We're pretty unhappy with YouTube. So DYOR, do your own research, uh, and, you know, figure out what's right for you and understand that whenever you invest in cryptocurrency, you could lose it all. It could go to zero. You could have nothing left and you'd be eating mac and cheese and ramen noodles. Don't, don't believe the hype. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode, Mr. Travis Wright and citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, the finest nation and republic in all of the crypto world. And maybe we just need to have our own island and um, and call it Bad Cryptopia and form our own sovereign nation. We could do that and we could all stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I see O-O-O's. They're a thing. <laughs> Goodness. That's a, that cough in. that's a perfect start to it right there. Okay. Who's